Hello, Internet. My name is Sean Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. Now, last week, Matt, Screen Verdict celebrated 100 podcasts. Yes, uh, you can listen to three days' worth of Screen Verdict if you want to take up the Screen Verdict Challenge and listen <laughs> to all three days' worth of podcasting in a row. And our week of celebrating is over, which included the Screen Verdict Challenge. That was part of a week-long binge yep. celebrating the achievement. But we're back to podcasting. This week, Only God Forgives. Yes. This is a movie that Dr- Matt is super excited for, just <laughs> yeah. as excited as myself, by the director of Drive, starring Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure I could be as excited as you, because like Drive's like your favourite movie or whatever. <laughs> Drive was my favourite movie of 2011, one of my favourite films of all time. Nicholas Winding Refn, amazing director. I've seen that and Bronson, which I'd also probably give a nine or nine and a half out of ten, so... He's due a bad film. <laughs> well, I like them so much, I've, I've almost been a bit nervous to see some of it, because he's done other films before this, and I've mm. been a bit nervous to go watch them in case they didn't reach that expectation. But we had to do the podcast on Only God Forgives, and yes. so I've seen it. We'll see whether it lives up to my expectations. Yeah, this is a bit like, reminds me of Moonrise Kingdom from last year, a film that Jonathan wanted to podcast on, but by the time I'd gotten around to see it, it had been out for quite a while. Like, I only just caught it before they took it out of cinemas. I've sort of been putting it off, hoping Jonathan hadn't wanted to podcast on it, or he'd get tired of the idea. We, we sort of joked on the podcast how much I like Ryan Gosling. Yeah. But I was thinking the other day, we review, reviewed... I think four of his films, three others than Drive. Mm. And I don't think I've given any of those higher than a seven. So mm. maybe, maybe it's the, the winding refn factor. Maybe he brings out the best in Gosling. Mm. Probably. <laughs> so Only God Forgives. It's a bit of an interesting title. It doesn't necessarily tell you too much about the film. No. So let's tell people about the film. What's the premise? Okay. There's a creepo guy. <laughs> right? There's a creepo <laughs> That's guy. That's a good start. He's going to, like, have sex with, like, 14-year-old girls Mm. in a brothel in Bangkok, hits a guy and rapes and kills a prostitute. Not a nice guy. Mm. A slippery character. We don't (laughs) like this guy. Yeah, Ryan Gosling's character, Julian, has a brother called Billy, and they own a Thai boxing club together, Mm. but there's really just a front for selling drugs. Mm. And Billy goes up out one night and uh, it goes it goes pretty horribly. Yes. Billy's the creepo. <laughs> right? Billy's the creepo. Really unpleasant. Like I when when this guy asks if he can sleep with a 14-year-old girl, I was like this guy's dying. <laughs> I've heard this is a violent movie. They're setting up we want to hate this guy and we want to see him dead. <laughs> 5 minutes later with the dead prostitute, he gets killed. Because they're like, you killed, like, this 16-year-old, like, girl after you raped her. And I bet, like, he didn't even pay for that. Like... Oh, it would have been fine if you paid. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm saying, these are pretty, pretty, uh, not necessarily the most morally scrupulous people either. In, mm. in the, like, it's very, um, it's a dark world, the world of only God forgives. Uh, yeah. So, so they kill him. Well, an old cop sort of comes in. Mm. Well, not really old. Is he the like guy a... with the sword? Yeah, so there's, there's this Thai cop who okay. maybe looks about 50 or something, comes in, and he basically serves Billy up to the father mm. of the person yeah. that was murdered. 
in order for him to exact vengeance. And then he sort of enacts his own vengeance on him for letting this happen to his daughter. Mm. Yes. So he's a policeman. Because he talks a lot about policemen. But, like, was he wearing a police uniform? Or was that just his regular clothes that he wore around? I didn't quite get whether that was official policeman uniform or not. I thought he was a policeman. Yeah. But is that... Was he a plainclothes policeman and that was his plainclothes? Or was that a uniform? Because it looks sort of like a bit of a hybrid of both, to be honest. Yeah, it looks sort of... It reminded me a little bit of the bill, that kind of... Mm. That uh, top that they were. Except at the same time, it didn't have any obvious insignia of Yeah, it police. didn't have the logo. It didn't yeah. have the police sign on it. Yeah. He's a mysterious... He's a mysterious yeah. man. Yes. Well, it'd be great to talk to Weird, Nicholas Winding Griffin about his choice with that guy's why didn't he have a police badge on or uh, <laughs> a police hat. So Julian and Billy's mother, played by Kristen Scott Thomas, oh, yeah. flies over to Thailand to basically take care of this. She doesn't care what Billy's done. She wants revenge on whoever killed Billy. Mm. So there's this sort of situation of Julian Ryan Gosling is kind of being pulled into this thing that he doesn't really want to be involved in where he's got to try and take revenge for his brother even though he knows his brother did a bad thing and then there's the policeman who knows that there's more going on and there's going to be people Mm. out for revenge yeah that's sort of the the setup of the film it's really a revenge cycle film because then billy's mum gets revenge on people and then those people then go get revenge on her (laughs) it's like It's a good argument for an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind, this film. Yes, very much so. Religious? See what I did there? Yeah, very good. (laughs) So I guess let's talk about some of the characters. We'll start with Gosling. Yeah. Do we like his character of Julian? He's a very messed up man. I feel a bit sorry for him. I didn't feel much. (laughs) I felt he was just coasting through the movie. He was (laughs) like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he was just sort of like going around like you know why didn't you kill the person who killed your brother it's like yeah well you know he did some bad stuff whatever <laughs> like so it was probably just not to do anything just yeah just floating along doing what Gosling often tends to do <laughs> just not say much just pl- play it under the radar <laughs> well if you're a fan of how Ryan Gosling looks and you wouldn't want him to ruin that by actually saying anything this could be the film for you. Because Matt's right, he doesn't speak a lot. Yeah. Uh, I guess some of the things we get to know about him is that there's a pretty weird relationship with his mother. Yes. There's some sort of implications of incest. Mm. She definitely has a lot of power over him. I couldn't tell when he was dreaming and when he wasn't. Obviously, when his hand gets cut off, that's a dream. Because he's got a hand after that scene. <laughs> but I could not tell the rest. Like, when he's talking with his mum, what was not real and what was. I think everything where he was talking to his mum was real. Okay. I think some of the things that weren't real was when he starts walking down that hallway and he sees visions of the cop who he hasn't even met yet Mm. and some things that are going to happen in the future. And then I think some interactions between him and I think her name is Mai, the prostitute that he likes. I think some of that is it kind of cuts between what's happening and what he's fantasizing. Yeah. Happening. Like, I just got a bit confused with some of that editing and some of that sort of... Yeah, a lot of this film is quite surreal, and it's going to be up to you to piece together what was real, not real, and what it was trying to say. Mm. Yeah. 
I think the thing with Julian is he lashes out a couple of times and you think, well, this guy is a bit disturbed. He's a bit mm. of a psycho. But I guess you kind of feel sorry for him because he's got this evil brother, this controlling mother, something happened with his father. And there are just touches of perhaps innocence or at least him caring for other people, which makes you think he's not as bad as some of the other people in the film. Yeah, here's more the thing with Ryan Gosling in this film. Like, just... It's sort of like not a, he's a likable guy, but just like the bar like of all the other people is so <laughs> like high, like everyone else is so bad, or the bar's so low for him to have to look good. <laughs> it's just a really low bar he has to clear to look good in this film, and it, it seems like he's aware of that, so he just like, I don't really need to do much. I'm easily the most likable person in this film. <laughs> I just need to step over this bar. And his mum... She is a piece of work. Yes. She drops some fairly inappropriate racial terms. Yep. She seems to like her children sexually. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't mind murdering people for revenge. No. She's a triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like her as a character, as this antagonist? Did you want... To watch her, did you find her interesting, or did you think it was a bit much? Because she does go pretty far into the depths of evil. Yeah, like, here's the thing. If she was less evil, she would have been more boring. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But I'm not sure if I physically loved her either. I think in terms of her actions and what she did that contributed to the plot, I think that was quite good. I think in terms of some of her dialogue, though, it was just a bit too bitchy or a bit too mean. Mm. Some of the things she says at the dinner scene with Julian and Mai is just so awkward. Mm. Like, I had to laugh just because there was no other way I could deal with it. Mm. It, it wasn't funny. It was just so cruel and awkward that... Mm. Yes. Do you prefer your mum? That's a weird question. Like... <laughs> Uh, I would have thought that would have been an insta yes. Like, I prefer my mum. Like, what's the hesitation here? <laughs> I don't know. There's some weird sexual tension between Ryan Gosling and his mum in this. Oh, like, so I you're saying that he prefers his mum to you? Is that what you mean? It depends what angle you're looking at. I, I mean, yeah, like, like, you'd rather have as your mum. That was yeah. my oh, okay. oh, I would rather have my mum as my mum. <laughs> I assume, no, there are a couple of different angles. I was like, well, what's, what's going on There are a couple of different. Yeah. I'll give you a pat on the back. I'll be yeah. okay, buddy. Yeah. There are a couple of layers to Ryan Gosling and his mum's relationship, and I think in some ways I like my mum a lot more. In other ways, I probably don't like <laughs> my mum at all like that. <laughs> I mean, Cheryl's walking into, like, a Jonathan Cook trap. Like... <laughs> But uh, she she's very she's very unlikable. She's a villain, but like I don't see the stakes as being too high. I think this is a problem. Like you know, you like your, your, your Trinity killer in Dexter, and like you know, if Dexter doesn't like stop him, he's gonna murder like you know an innocent little kid or something. Whereas this villain, she's sort of like trying to revenge a douchebag <laughs> creepo. But the people she's trying to kill are sort of bad guys, too. I didn't just... The stakes weren't high with her as a villain. But I did want to see her die. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to what's going to happen to the character of Julian. But he's more of a third party. He's not in it much, to be honest. He was, Ryan Gosling was in this movie a lot less than I thought he was going to be. Mm. And someone that's in it, there's quite a lot 
is the cop. Yeah. There have been speculations as to who he is. Perhaps he is meant to represent an angel, the angel of vengeance, the angel of justice, mm. or perhaps God himself. Okay, because no, I was just watching this. It can't be God. But anyway, continue. We'll get into this in a minute. Just just go with your thought. Because I'm just wondering, he's, you know, he's this cop. He's the, he's the guy that, I guess, wants to see the bad guys punished, but he's, you know, breaking rules. Uh, I don't think, you know, carrying a sword around, like, chopping people's mm. arms off and things is, you know, by the book. I don't know, I haven't read all of the police laws in Thailand, but I'm guessing that's not by the book. Oh, you meant the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the book you are talking about. Okay, yeah. He's a bit of a maverick. But there are some things about him that I think suggest that he's more than just a man. Okay, so he constantly pulls this sword out from behind his back. But we saw, see lots of shots of him from behind, and there's no sword there. Okay. Where yeah. is he pulling this sword from? Is it a magical sword? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He seems to be able to find people in busy streets, round corners and things, when you wouldn't realistically be able to do that very easily. And you think, oh, that's just a silly thing that happens in, in movies. Oh, you know, the clever cop takes the right route and doubles back on the bad guy and finds him. But I don't know. It sounded like a bit of a special skill to me. Mm-hmm. And he seems pretty much invincible. There's, there's a scene where loads of people get shot up, and yet he seems to survive. He's always unharmed. Mm. There's a fight scene, and doesn't take a single blow. He seems invincible. Mm. That's interesting. That's an interesting theory. Here's why he can't be God. <laughs> Because the movie's called Only God Forgives. This guy doesn't seem to forgive. Well, God doesn't necessarily forgive all the time. No, but, like, the film's pretty clear that God forgives, right? Like, they can't just have, like, a vengeful character be God. Well, I think he's a sort of fire and brimstone type God, where he takes vengeance, but I think in a way he he does forgive. Ooh, Interesting. You might be right, but we can't really talk about about spoiling the movie. There was a couple of times where I thought, oh, this person's going to get it. Ah. And, you know, maybe something was spared. Or maybe he did something to someone, but maybe in a way that was actually forgiving him. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Maybe he is God. So whether he's God or not, I don't know. I think that's quite interesting. Did you like him in the film? He's probably the best character in the movie, wasn't he? Was always, yeah, I think yeah. he was the best character. Yeah, he was definitely the best character. Uh, the sword was good. He had a cool little outfit. He always seemed to like do something interesting. Uh, he uh, even uh, hit up a bit of... He, he was the triple threat. He could do a bit of karaoke as well. Ah, yes. That was something else. Now, Thai karaoke, it, it doesn't really sound like it was going to be my kind of thing. But I really liked all of those scenes. And apparently, karaoke in Thailand is actually considered a bit of a spiritual or religious experience oh. for people. So I think that's another thing that could suggest he's in Thailand. They perhaps sing, gone. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. And he also sings karaoke after each scene where he has exacted some form of vengeance. Yeah. So I think that does tie into the perhaps spiritual nature of the character. Ah. So in Thailand, I think, like, Jesus and stuff, like, hit up karaoke bars. <laughs> <laughs> heaven is a place on earth, I say, baby, love comes first. Maybe, maybe. The Apostle Peter's like, give me a go, Jesus, give me a go. <laughs> Stay away to heaven, man. 
So I liked his character a lot. Very unexpected. I, I'd be happy to see him in future things. I hadn't seen the actor before. Mm. Um, I've forgotten his name. It is quite long, but hopefully uh, we get to see it again. His name credits quite soon. long. Yeah, we'll just call him quite long from now on because yep. that's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's on first routine there. <laughs> <laughs> there are more characters, obviously, but I guess those are the three main ones. Mm. So let's talk about some of the things in the film, maybe some of the scenes, because there were some things that stood out. Yes. In the film. I guess maybe the violence. Let's talk about violence. This is a violent movie. Drive was a very violent movie, but I would still recommend it to most people. It's got a story. Like, it's not like the whole thing's violent. Yeah. This is sort of violent in a way that it's creepy or disturbing or more shocking. It's just a type of violence where... Even if I really love the film, I'm not going to spoil my verdict yet, but I wouldn't be able to recommend it to that many people. No. Like, I could maybe say to mum, watch Drive. I would not tell mum to watch Only God Forgives. I I think I could recommend Drive to my mum, but I need to watch it with her and tell her (laughs) when not to look. Um, But yeah, there's no way my mum could see Only God Forgives. There's just no way. (laughs) Now, did you find this was a detriment to the film? I'd say yes, but I don't know what else the film would be without the violence. (laughs) There would be no film without the violence. So it's a hard question to answer. I know the person I saw it with did not love the violence in the film. I I think it's probably fair to say. We were talking quite a lot through it because there was so much violence and, like, nothing really happens in the movie. A guy actually gets up. And comes up to us during the filming and said, look, it's a terrible movie and you're making it even worse. (laughs) (laughs) In the cinema that I saw it in, a third of the people left. Mm. Now, there was only six people in the cinema and two left. I think we would have left if you didn't make me do this for this (laughs) podcast. But, um, yeah. I've got a problem with this guy. How can talking make a terrible film worse? (laughs) If you're enjoying a movie, if it's a good movie, I understand hearing people talk in the cinema would make it worse. But if you're someone believing it's a terrible movie, how is the talking making it worse? (laughs) Well, even with a terrible movie, you might still want to be able to follow the story just so you know how it ends, even if you're not enjoying it. And if someone distracts you, you go, oh, now I don't know what's happening because this person was talking. Even though I don't like the movie, you'd probably still... I it, I, I don't think I'd say anything, though, unless you were being absurdly loud. I don't think we were. I'm going to say we weren't. You could come over and join us, had a chat with us about the, mo- about yeah. the movie was. <laughs> yeah, that could have made it more entertaining. Yeah, Look how bad this bit is. I should have said that to him, is oh, a stupid line of dialogue. Yeah, I should have said to him, um, oh, so sorry, you can join us if you want. <laughs> I didn't think it was too violent, or I didn't think the violence necessarily detracted from the film. I just thought that a couple of scenes had no point to them, other than the violence. Mm. So I think in some of the scenes, the violence served the story, and in some of them, it was just a bit much. It was just something to do that was a bit shocking for the sake of being shocking. Mm. There was a bit of a torture scene. Yeah, that again, I had some sort of religious aspects to it. You know, I'm going to blind you because you can't see. I'm going to deafen you because you're not listening. But it was pretty painful to watch. And very long. And it went on a little long. Mm. Now, in our Drive podcast, I said that I love the music. 
The score was done by Cliff Martinez, who did the score for this film as well. Mm-hmm. And I love the music in this. I think that was one of the strongest parts of the film. The music was okay, yeah. The music took a real front row seat. It, you could tell they were scoring it. Like, it's not like one of those movies where it's just in the background and you don't even notice there's a score sort of thing almost. You, it was a star player. Yeah, I definitely think that's uh, Reffin's directing style. It's, very, it's almost hyper-real. Mm. You know, the violence is extremely violent. The the colours, you know, the the red colour scheme, we'll get to the cinematography, but, you know, that's very in-your-face and the music very noticeable as well. But I love the music. I think it helps set the tone. It helped the sort of surreal feeling of some of the dream mm-hmm. scenes. And there's a big fight scene with this very sort of video gamey synthy mm. music, and I love that. I thought that was just brilliant. Yeah. And I guess because I raised the cinematography, we'll talk about that. From the opening shot, I thought, I'm going to love this film. It's just this sword, I don't know what kind of sword, a katana, some kind of sword, just slowly moving through the air with this kind of bright red light over it. And it was just so stylish and attention-grabbing, and I thought, yes, this is going to be like Drive. Instantly, it had me. Yeah. And whether or not the, the story and the, the dialogue and, and that was the same, I don't know, but the cinematography, I thought, was... Just gorgeous throughout the the film. Probably four or five times, I just thought I just stopped and w- was thinking, "How do they come up with that? How do they make a scene look like that?" A lot of the sort of shadows, the sort of underground, the shots of the the Thai boxing gym um, with the shadows, the statue. I think all the scenes like that were really, really well done. Mm. Yes, it was okay. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so I think we got through that pretty quickly. It was quite a short film. I think it was only about 90 minutes. Yes, that was a uh, spoiler for my verdict. Um, it's going to help it out a bit. Well, it's never a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Return of Jafar Principal in action. So it's time for a screen verdict. Hmm. Who wants to go first? I-, I think I should go first. I think there's like a little more suspense with your verdict than mine. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, Matt, what did you think of Only God Forgives? Now, full disclosure, I fell asleep for a bit of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's always just a given at yeah. this point. <laughs> You're like the bit I fell asleep for. Uh, there's a bit where um, the the prostitute takes her dress off or something like that because Ryan Gosling is asking her to. I fell asleep while he was shouting at her to take her dress <laughs> off. <laughs> Take your dress off! Take your dress off! Take your dress off! I was out. <laughs> so, my loss. Yeah. If you were falling asleep in the nude. <laughs> Though, um, I'm assuming it wasn't. Like, she wasn't nude. Yeah. But, no, I mean, like, it's not really an environment where I want to see someone nude. Like, with just a guy screaming at them to take <laughs> their, like, <laughs> not very dress off. Scene. Yeah. Like, I... <laughs> It's not really, it's not really like, yeah. Like, this is my thing. Yeah. Ryan Gosling yelling at naked women. Yeah. <laughs> that gets me off. Yeah, no. So, um, this was a movie which, um, I'll, I'll give the pros. It was short. I think the fight scene with Ryan and the sword man was, was a little entertaining. It was a bit interesting the way it was shot. But it was not a very good movie. It was all over the place. It didn't have a good story. It didn't have compelling characters other than maybe the sword, the sword guy. I wasn't interested in it at all. 
I was just bored the whole time. Like, it just... There's no story. It's just a lot of violence and no story that's that interesting with no characters you like that much. I'll give it a 1 out of 10. A 1 out of 10? Well, what was good about it? What was good? Oh, yeah, the music, the cinematography was all right. Okay. (laughs) 1 and a half out of 10. 1 and a half out of 10. I'll go up for some of those technical things were all right. So I'll give it another... Half a half a point. But what was wow. good about it? This was a stupid movie about nothing. <laughs> okay. Perhaps I'll explain the movie to you after the podcast. Explain it explain it now. What's the I was I wasn't expecting a great score. Matt did send me a text while watching the film. Why are you making me watch this movie? Yeah. But wow. Yeah, one and a half still shocked me. Okay, my verdict on Only God Forgives. I guess maybe I'll do a bit of some pros and cons as well. Pros. Looked amazing. So many wonderful shots. I think visually, Refn is outstanding from a technical standpoint and a creative standpoint. I can't think of anything that has such a unique and distinct style that his films have. I think the score was great. Cliff Martinez did a great job once again. I'll definitely be downloading and listening to that. I think the acting was good. I really liked the cop slash angel slash god character. I think he was really intriguing. I think Gosling was a bit Gosling-esque. He he was perhaps a little bit too blank, but I don't think that was the performance. I think they just needed to invest a little bit more time in the character. It's supposed to be sort of mysterious and you do have to piece things together, but I think we just needed to know just a tiny bit more about him in order to be able to root for him. Because there were some things that you could connect to, but then there'd be a scene where he'd randomly beat these people two up for no reason, and it just made it harder to really get involved in the film. And there was no shirt off. <laughs> and the, the Gosling shirt off Omida was not, was not on in this film. And I really liked a lot of the symbolism. I think some of the religious connotations... I think the thing with hands... Basically, I think hands were an important part of the film, whether you've done something with your hands, whether they're a symbol of guilt, whether they're a symbol of desire, whether they're a symbol of justice or vengeance. I think if you look at the film, look at the amount of shots of hands, I think that will actually sort of help tie certain things together. Obviously, the story is not very clear, but I think um, the symbolism was really powerful in some scenes in the film. I guess some of the things that I didn't like was the dialogue. I think some things were a little bit too much there were some great things like want to fight like that was kind of amusing that just came out of nowhere i like that but i think some things went too far and and didn't do enough to enhance your understanding of the characters and as much as i liked some mysterious aspects in the dreams i think it was just a little bit too disjointed i've heard of some some extras and some scenes that got cut out from the film and i actually liked the idea of them so perhaps they maybe cut them out and it they almost ended up being a little bit too cryptic. Mm. And the violence I was neither really for or against. I don't think it was too violent. I think some of the scenes it worked really well in, and I think some of the scenes it was just weird for being the sake of weird. As I left the cinema, I wasn't sure what to make of it. I thought, I've definitely seen something unique. I've definitely not seen this before. But whether I like it or not, it sort of took me a few days to process. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought the cop was really interesting and really intriguing, the more I love the, the symbolism, the more I think about the film, the more I like it, and the more I just have the music playing over and over in my head. 
It's not quite Drive because just everything came together with Drive, but I think this is a really unique, great film, and I still think that Refn is just pretty much on another level. I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> like, oh, oh, the hands mean something. The, the hands, well, I can't just spoil the hands it. mean something. Oh, so you know what they mean. I can't say for sure, but in order to explain the symbolism, yeah, okay. I'd have to you reference tell me that, that happened. Okay, you need to, yeah. I just yeah. thought you were like, oh, the hands meant, you know, redemption or guilt <laughs> or something or other. Like, they went to the hands just, a lot. Just yeah. typical, like, film student. Yeah. Know it all. Oh, the hands were important. Why? Yeah. Oh, it was a metaphor. Yeah, what yeah. What for? Symbolism. Symbolism, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you actually have in your head why the, why you think the hands are important. Mm. Okay, that's, that's okay. Um, I think that's the most divided we've ever been. We've had a difference of seven in our score. Mm. Yeah. Like, I was really disappointed when you gave Drive a seven and I gave it a ten. This this actually re- like that's three points. Lower. Uh, you just gave this seven points lower than I. Did. I've thought I I've been thinking for a while that I was a bit too harsh on the Drive, <laughs> um, and that it, it is a better film than I thought it was. This movie reminded me of the things I didn't like about Drive. <laughs> Not helping Drive, I think God forgives. <laughs> so there we go. Um, a big screen verdict there. Yes, we didn't have a what has blank taught us because you can't really learn anything from the <laughs> um, other than hand, something about hands. <laughs> that Jonathan can't say on the podcast. Um, but we do have a housekeeping segment. People love housekeeping. We love housekeeping. I know friends who just listen to the housekeeping segment. <laughs> on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, we told you the categories that we talked about in our 100th podcast. Matt and I each picked our favourite from these categories since the year 2000, and we battled it out for which should be considered the best on the podcast. I've also got some submissions tweeted in. Whoa. So there you go. So we posted that on the page, and some of our listeners said what their choices would have been. And I, I said, and I didn't talk to you about this beforehand, so I hope you were okay with this, but uh, <laughs> I said, we'll amend the list if someone's made a suggestion that convinces us. I think they'd have to do some pretty good arguing. But, if, if it was an oversight on our part, yeah. I'd be willing to amend the list, but... I don't know. We'll see. Well, let's see what some let's people have suggested. So, uh, Tom Dizzy Davis uh, was the first to weigh in, and uh, let's see what he had to say. Number one, uh, so for best animated movie, Shrek. Non-Pixar, so it's made a bit better for Shrek. What are you thinking? We had Tangle. Does Shrek shake it up? I quite liked Shrek the first time I saw it, mm. but then... Just Shrek was everywhere. They seemed to play it on the TV every week or your friends wanted to watch it. When it was the last week of school and no one wanted to do classes anymore, the teacher would put on Shrek. Yes, yes. (laughs) That happened at my school too. So Shrek definitely suffered from overplay. I think I've seen Shrek maybe 12 times and I don't even like it that much. Yeah. And here's the problem. Like a Monsters, Inc., I think we've probably seen about 12 times as well. (laughs) And it's still great because there's still... Because I chose to watch it 12 times. Well, and there's—I know Monsters Inc. isn't in the equation, but there's little things you don't pick up. Shrek, I realised this on about the third viewing. There's nothing that I didn't get the first time watching Shrek. I really liked Shrek the first time I saw it, but then on the third viewing, I'm like, no, there's—I got it all the first time, and now it's not as funny. So sorry, Tom. Well, I think we'll do an apology at the end of all. Oh, okay, I'll be apologising a lot. <laughs> okay. To Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. That's best sci-fi fantasy. 
Now, we, we, we did talk about Lord of the Rings. It came out later in the podcast. Two Towers wasn't our favourite Lord of the Rings mm. film. So it probably wouldn't have got your vote, because we know you prefer Fellowship. Yeah. And I probably prefer the third one as well. I think Two Towers is the, uh, the, the weak one oh, of the three. I, I think so. it's better than Return of the King. Yeah, but, but regardless, it's, it's none no of them are better than Wally. None uh, of them are better than Wally. Wally one. Isn't it? It's not, <laughs> yeah. not better than either of them. Yeah, okay. So, okay, for zombie movie, 28 Days Later or Zombieland? If zombie comedy is allowed, which makes me think... As much as we appreciate you contributing to the list, you didn't actually listen to the podcast, Dizzy, seeing as Zombieland was Matt's choice. Lost out to Shaun of the Dead. I'd actually... I'd be convinced to maybe go with the Zombieland <laughs> over Shaun of the Dead. Well, I, it, I it was already brought up on the podcast yeah, and it lost. I think that's out. And 28 Days Later, that, that was one of my favourite zombie films, but I chose to put Shaun of the Dead in... Mm. Ahead first. Yep. Iron Man for best superhero movie. We'd picked V for Vendetta. I don't know. You, v for Vendetta was one you were really strongly behind. So is Iron Man tickling your fancy? First Iron Man was pretty good. Second Iron Man was a disappointment. And third one was quite good too. I do like the Iron Man series. But I think it's just a bit of a standard superhero film. It's one of those new superhero films where it just sort of fits a mould and it's fast-paced and it's quite funny and good, good action. It's entertaining. But V for Vendetta just does something special. Yeah. I, Iron Man, to me, isn't rising to the top. Uh, do you know what I just realised? This was meant to be a way to make our listeners sound, like be included in, <laughs> like, and feel valued, like we care about their opinions. And just going to be us reading out suggestions from them that we just like say why they're bad suggestions. <laughs> well, if we've seen it, we would have already considered it, and therefore it's not really going to turn us around. The only thing that really could turn us around is maybe something that we haven't seen. And we went out and saw yeah. I'm sorry to the listeners, this is meant to include you and make you feel valued, not devalue your opinions. <laughs> anyway, number five, what was even the category for Best this? Best Love Story. Best Love Story, Atonement. I have not seen Atonement, so maybe this is one that could be a game changer. Have you seen Atonement? Okay, I have seen Atonement. Um, it's all up to you, a lot of pressure. What was the movie we chose? Moonrise Kingdom, <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> um, okay, here's, here's the deal of Atonement. I really enjoyed the first... It's sort of a movie of three-thirds. Um, As opposed to four-thirds. Yeah. five-thirds. <laughs> okay, it's a movie of three-thirds. And I actually thought the first third was really compelling, really gripping. I was really into it. The second third I thought was a bit more boring, a bit more standard... But uh, an actress from Mara Garchi or something, I, I'm butchering that for sure, but she gave a great performance. And then, I don't know, the third third, I can't remember as well, and there's a big twist emotional ending at the end of the, the movie, uh, which was which got me a bit... At the end of the day, I still think it's a bit overly sappy and Oscar, Oscar-y sort of type thing. But it, it really impressed me, Atonement. I, 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 enjoy, I thought it was a much better film than I was expecting when I went in. Well, you've probably given a better pitch than Dizzy had, because Dizzy said Atonement's a dreary old affair, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which didn't really uh, get me hyped to see the film. Best funny movie he's gone for Getting Sarah Marshall. This is one of the Judd Apatow ones I don't mind. Yeah, I like Forgetting Sarah Marshall quite a lot. Hmm. I went with I Love You, Man, which also has Jason Segel, but it's got Paul Rudd. 
And I love Paul Rudd. That's just a bonus. So Jason Segel and Paul Rudd's going to beat Jason Segel. I preferred forgetting Sarah Marshall to your choice. <laughs> I love you, man. But we prefer neither to In the Loop. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> Best overachiever. Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. That had pretty good reviews. Yeah, that had the best. That was the best review movie of the year. I, I thought it would be yeah. good. It was good. Yeah, I had pretty high expectations going into Hurt Locker. It may have even not quite met the expectations, but it was pretty close. Like it was pretty much what I was expecting. Best film, two and a half hours long. It's gone with Django Unchained. Now we both like Django, and I actually thought this was going to be your choice. It's very good. What did we go with here? I went with the assassination of Jesse James. I think I prefer Django Unchanged to that. If you're prepared <laughs> to get rid of assassination, I'm happy to sign off on that. If I'm ready to take back my claim that it's my favourite film of all time that I have stated yeah. Yeah. pretty much constantly for the last couple of years, I, I think I'm going to have to stick with, with that choice just for now. For nine, Best Memory Film we suggested Lost in Translation... He didn't listen to the podcast. That was the one we chose. But Maybe he just agreed. Oh, he agrees. Oh, he's agreeing podcast. with us. No, actually, that's a good point. So, <laughs> Lost in Translation. We'll keep that there. And Best Return to Far Rip Off. He's got an interesting one. Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. <laughs> I like this as a suggestion. Yes. I perhaps have to rewatch it to see... To, to bone off on the ways in which it rips off Return of Jafar, but I'm open to that. He's gone at it from a different angle than we did where we're picking a similar narrative device. He's picking a similar concept of getting a classic Disney film and spinning it off into a second a direct-to-video sequel. I have seen Lion King 2 Simba's Pride, and here's why I think it can't get this. Scar's not in it. <laughs> It's not it's not Lion King to Return, Return of, of Scar. the Scar. Return of the Scar. Uh, we do not see the classic villain make a comeback. It's like, I don't know, like Scar's cousin or or auntie or something is the villain. <laughs> His sister, like it's uh so that that's why I would not put Lion King to, but I definitely like the direction Tom's gone at from that. Okay. Well thanks for your suggestions, Tom. We appreciate interacting with our listeners on the podcast. We've probably got time for two more listener suggestions. Um, one is from Elon, Elon Rubenstein. Elon Rubenstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he has suggested the same movie for all ten categories. He's going for a sweep. The movie Commando. I don't know anything about this. Uh, have you seen Commando. Commando is a uh, classic film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm, Carl okay, Weathers. Yeah, I have heard of this. <laughs> I think Commando is a classic. I, I feel like it definitely could cross the boundaries of sci-fi, love story, funny movie. As much as it is very eligible for the other six categories, I think I'm going to have to point out that this film did come out in 1985. It just narrowly missed the cutoff for the uh, since 2000 requirements. Yeah. Yeah. So it probably would have won about five, I would imagine, categories. But <laughs> because it came out in 1985, it's unfortunately ineligible for the SVs. 
Okay, our last suggestions came from Bob Phelan. Bob, a fan of the podcast. We love having Bob. By the way, Bob, if you ever want to correct how I'm pronouncing your surname, feel free. I think you've got... You didn't accuse him of being a criminal this time. You didn't say Bob Phelan. Yeah. (laughs) Feel free free to tweet me, Bob. (laughs) So Bob suggested um, sci-fi, the movie Moon. Moon's great. I considered Moon. Moon you considered I'd it? Okay. Give that probably a 9 out of 10. I knew you were a fan of Moon. I haven't actually seen it yet. So, Wally, is it better than Wally? What are you thinking? Probably, probably keep Wally. Okay. Zombie, 28 Days Later. So that's getting some fan support. Yeah. If you wanted to bump Shaun of the Dead for 28 Days Later, I'm happy to. I'm going to keep Shaun of the Dead. Oh, well. You know, I was on your side, listeners, but John's <laughs> throwing you under the bus. So, animated film, Ponyo. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen Ponyo either. I've seen the first half of Howl's uh, Moving Castle, which I think was done by the same person. So we can't rule this one out yeah. uh, entirely, because neither of us have seen it. Mm. Howl's Moving Castle is better than I thought it would be. But I had to go to do something else halfway through <laughs> watching it. Um... Superhero movie, The Dark Knight. I'd be happy to bump V for Vendetta. <laughs> we had this talk, and we went with V for Vendetta. Okay. Best romance, Blue Valentine. Now, I know Blue Jasmine's coming out this year. We'll definitely be doing a Blue Jasmine podcast. I haven't seen it, but I know it has Ryan Gosling. And Michelle Williams. I'm guessing, uh, like, my expectation of this film is that it seems depressing. Yeah, I've heard it's depressing. This looks like a bit of a downer, <laughs> a downer of a movie. I, I would be surprised. That's if, not what we want in love stories. Love story. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want a, I want a sweet, but love story, not a, not a depressing one. Comedy Anchorman. That's not a bad suggestion. I like Anchorman. I think it suffers from the the Shrek factor a little bit, mm. but I've perhaps seen it a bit too many times. Here's a shout out, Anchorman. This audio commentary, I think, is funnier than the movie. <laughs> and this is not saying that I don't think the movie's funny. This is, I think, is a really funny commentary. <laughs> so get the do yourselves a favor, guys. Get the DVD. Listen to the audio commentary. It's really good. Overachiever. There will be blood. I was expecting something pretty amazing from There Will Be Blood. I haven't seen There Will Be Blood. Ah. Oh. And the two and a half hour plus ones in Glorious Bastards, which I really liked. Preferred to Django. I think you preferred Django. I preferred Django, yeah. I've heard that it's a couple minutes short of two and a half hours as well. <laughs> do you know what, though, I, I'd like to do? Uh, I want to get a bit tricky here with Bob's suggestions. Can we move There Will Be Blood into the two and a half hour category? I think that was a big oversight from mine. That really should have been my submission and not Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. I didn't even think of There Will Be Blood. It's so good. I'll have to watch There Will Be Blood, and maybe in another housekeeping we can discuss whether yeah. it bumps the greatest film of all time Yeah, from that spot. Yeah. A Western showdown, <laughs> There Will Be Blood versus Assassination of Jesse James. Uh, Bill Murray, fantastic Mr. Fox. What are we thinking here? I like Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think I, you like it maybe more than I do. I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is really what turned me on Wes Anderson. Like, I really thought... This guy should be doing more animation. This is so much better than all his previous films that I've seen. Is it the film that best represents Bill Murray's career? I would no, stick with Lost, I in would Lost in Translation, where Bill Murray's the clear lead, not just playing sort of a supporting badger. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Return of Jafar. He's gone with rip off. He's gone with Drive, which 
He agrees with us. Yeah. The podcast mm. does. Very good. That's who we are. Yeah, very good. So there we go. A bit of an epic housekeeping, but we love hearing from you guys. Yeah, we love the listener feedback. We'd be happy to hear your feedback on Only God Forgives because we know some people are going to have some interesting opinions on that. So when we post a podcast on the uh, Facebook page, maybe share your review. Mm. We'll be interested to see what your reactions are. Yes. Next podcast, we are talking about one of our favourite things to talk about. I look forward to this every year, the MTV Video Music Awards. The nominees are out. (laughs) We're going to be, for the only time we ever do this in a year, go through some music videos and review them. It's so much fun. And then we will be voting to help influence who takes home the MTV Video Music Award. Yeah, forget the Emmys, forget the Oscars. They're always messing up their nominations. The VMAs is where it's at. And um, <laughs> we'll be lo- looking at some of the, the top-notch videos that got nominated this year. We always enjoy the nominees in some form or another. And we'll be reviewing those and picking our favourite in next week's podcast. Sounds good. So until then, don't be a creepo. <laughs> yes. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>